come back. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, man, how you doing? Come on, come you good? On, I know you like that. Yeah, all right, guys, welcome into the Saturday show. As you probably quickly noticed, I am not Jake Hatch. I am Michelle Bodkin. Jake you're, Hatch. You're uh, better off, by the way. Am I really? Not, I don't be, know. I don't not, know about that. Not, not, not being Jake Hatch. <laughs> I feel like that's maybe overly optimistic there. But uh, uh, you heard another voice, though. This is a rare treat for me. I get to hang out with Scotty G a little bit. Let's go, Michelle. This is fun. <laughs> I know. I am fired up. I you know, Look, this barbecue competition where we're at right now is something that has been a pipe dream. I've always wanted to be part of a station that put together something like this. And I've been back there with these competitors these dudes aren't messing around like they are in it to win it all kinds of cash prizes stuff we want the public to come down here around noon we're at the triad center but michelle this is awesome this is as cool as anything i've been a part of i'm gonna say any day i get to spend outside is a great day and now that we're finally into nice weather unlike the all-star weekend this <laughs> this is awesome so yeah I, you, you got I'm the really brunt pumped. of that bad weather that was rough i did although it kind of sort of was nicer that day than it maybe had been the rest of the week. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Uh, before we start getting into the sports talk, though, as is tradition, Scotty, what's the highlight of your week this week? The highlight of my week? I think my highlight of my week is actually going on right now, honestly. Okay. Um, I went back, and I just, you know, I was just complaining to you about how crappy I am at Instagram. But uh, you can follow me on Instagram because nobody else is. So please, please give me a follow. I would appreciate it. Uh, at Scotty G Zone. And uh, I went back there and I was talking to some of these competitors. Now, the big competition is actually steak. They're doing a steak cook-off. That's, that's where all the money and the prizes are is steak. But there's some ancillary contests that they're doing. And one of them is jalapeno poppers. Yes. And I just talked to a dude. And it's actually funny. He and his wife are both competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And she is putting together um, mac and cheese, deep fried jalapeno poppers. That is my love language. I know, right? Yes. This is like the state fair <laughs> on steroids. And uh, and he's he's doing his jalapeno poppers. There's going to be a wing competition. Hans and I are going to be uh, helping judge that coming up at 11 o'clock. So there's all kinds of great things. And I'm telling you, it is the, the creativity and some of the things. Now, look, it ain't good for you. No. No. <laughs> no. A lot of the collective cholesterol level is going to increase today by <laughs> significant points. However, there are going to be a lot of people with some smiles on their faces. So, yeah, you know what? This is probably the best day of my week right now. How about you? I love that. Yeah, for for me, I mean, yesterday I got to spend most of the afternoon up at Utah Softball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw your tweets on that. Yeah. Uh, very fun. I've never covered a softball game before. I've never been up there. And so to kind of see it and see it in a bigger, fancier with, with the NCAA being in town and, and doing that, it was really fun. Uh, looking forward to I don't think I'll make it up there today for no. their game, but hopefully tomorrow uh, I'll get to go up one more time and, and check them out. Uh uh, so that I mean that's that that's probably it. and I don't know I might agree with you we'll we'll see how today goes today well, might also kind of creep its way in there. Well, the guy did say like, hey, you know, if he goes technically I'm not supposed to hand out samples, but you know if you and your guys want to come by and so like I'll we'll we'll sneak over there and we'll get you we'll oh, get yeah. you a popper. Oh yeah, the oh, mac yeah. and cheese for sure. Mm. Uh, behind the glass, we also have Shyler. Shyler, have do you have a highlight of your week? I don't. I mean, on Monday we were cascading waterfalls in the Dominican Republic. Oh, no big deal, Shyler. Yeah, not not a big deal at all. <laughs> nice flex. But I don't know if the like 
that's like the highlight. Then the downlight was that the low light was that we came back. To- <laughs> and now you're here talking to us. The low light is you're you're with us right now, which I wouldn't even blame you one bit if that's that's the case. All right, so what ten day cruise? Is that what you said? Ten day cruise through Holy the Caribbean. Smokes. It's so it's all right. So if you awesome. were if you were gonna say there's there's one place on that trip that you thought was above everyone er, everywhere else, like what was the location that really stood out to you? Um, so we went to St. Martin, which is an island that is owned by the Dutch and the French, and it is a beautiful island, and they have the most crystal clear water, and we went snorkeling, and we saw, like, stingrays and turtles. It was beautiful. But that's, like, the island that has the famous beach where you stand on the beach and the planes fly right over you. Do you know what I'm... Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's that place. So it, that was probably my favorite my favorite location out of them all. But we had six port days, so it was just go, go, go. Oh, wow. You're not messing around. Yeah. So are you the person, like, when you go on vacation, and Michelle, you you, you as well, like, okay. are you one that, like, you have to map out, like, we're going to do this excursion from 10 to 1, we're going to do this from this, or are you just a little bit more chill? I'm like definitely, Shiler? yeah, I'm definitely more of that mapping it out. Yeah. Uh, but we did take two or three days where we just kind of walked around the different cities we went to my husband's more of the one to just let's let's just hang out and do stuff but i like to have my things mapped out i would like circle the things yeah you know how they give you the i don't know they give you these papers with all of the activities on the oh yeah and i'd go in with a pen and like circle i was like we got to go to karaoke and then we got to (laughs) go watch this cake decorating competition all the while we get our, our mocktails you get our non-alcoholic drinks because we don't drink and we just have a good time. Michelle, how about you? Are you a planner? I'm a little more on the chill side. Like I definitely have like things that I want to try and like check out whenever I'm somewhere. Um, but I don't necessarily like plan it out hour by hour, day by day. Uh, I, I think I have a much more like chill, relaxed approach to it. The one thing I do love doing um, it's been a while since I've actually gone on like a vacation vacation. All my travels pretty much been with work. around a game. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. been centered around a game. I don't really even remember the last time I took a real vacation uh, that did not involve a game. But one of the things I like doing when I get sent to travel with KSL uh, is take a minute to walk around any city that I yeah. haven't ever seen before. I love old architecture. I love checking some of that kind of stuff out. So so that's something that I always try to make a point of doing. Well, you got Nate's P-card, man. Just, you know, go, <laughs> go, go do some damage. No, that's the thing. And, and, and I think it's really cool because to take a moment because, you know, I travel a lot for games. You travel a lot for mm-hmm. games. And so, so when you're, you're talking to somebody like, oh, you know, yeah, we're at Atlanta. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been to Atlanta. They're like, well, what do you think of this place? I'm like, well, actually, I went from a hotel to a stadium, mm-hmm. back to a hotel to the airport. <laughs> so I didn't really see anything. So I don't even know if I can claim going to some of these cities just because you're right. You yeah. know, sometimes you fly in the night of or the night before, you crash in your hotel, you get a little DoorDash, and you're at a stadium, and then you're flying out the next day. But yeah. I, that's cool to take some time to be like, you know, let's let's check out the place, see what we got here. Yeah, when, when the flights yeah. kind of work out and give me a little wiggle room, that's absolutely what I love to do. Awesome. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into what's the big deal. No, I I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. 
I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, kind of some big news today, and, and I think it's appropriate to talk about this since we're sitting on the north side of the Delta Center. Yes. Love saying that. Uh, the Jazz Lottery. Fans weren't too happy uh, about the, the the luck of the draw there. Uh, the Jazz walked away with the ninth, 16th, and 28th picks. Uh, Scotty, do you think there's any reason to really be worried about where the Jazz will get to pick this year? No, I don't think so. And 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 let's be honest here. The odds really weren't in the Jazz' favor by any stretch. I mean, I think what they have like a 20% chance of getting into the top four and and certainly a, a minuscule chance of getting into that number one pick with the Victor sweepstakes. Um, and, of course, you know, Greg Popovich gets a generational talent again, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously I think a lot of people are disappointed by. But uh, Ryan Smith hopped on the show with me and Hans a couple months ago, and we were talking about the draft. And he also, I think, said this, I believe, to Sarah Todd of the Deseret News uh, at the draft lottery. He said, look, we kind of knew where we were going to be. Nine, you know, they had a 50% chance that we're going to stay at nine, and obviously that's where they're at. And he said, look, it's not about where we draft. It's about who we draft. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds a really simplistic statement to make, but when you really think about it, there is always great value. The Jazz could have Desmond Bain on this team. They don't have him because they missed on him. They could have had Devin Booker. They missed on him. Like, there's a laundry list of excellent players that – have been available for the Jazz that they've missed on. And I'm not throwing the Jazz under the bus. All the A lot of teams missed on these guys. But the the thought is from Ryan Smith, and I think it's really well put, is there's probably going to be an all-star somewhere in this draft that's going to be available from nine or lower. There's probably going to be a uh, a franchise player, maybe not a Hall of Fame, maybe not a generational player, but there's going to be an all-star that's going to be selected nine or lower. It's now up to the Jazz to be able to identify to develop and do all those things to be able to say, that's our guy. We feel like he's going to fit into our system, and we got to find him. They just can't miss. Mm-hmm. They can't miss on it. At nine, you've got to find a guy that's going to help you, maybe not next year, but you develop him into what you hope will be a really, really good player. That player will be there. It's just up to the Jazz to find him. I like that you talk about development. Uh, jazz is not my area of expertise. I'm a little more in the college realm and yeah. obviously specifically Utah, but but even some of the other in-state schools and, and around the country, I'm just a little more well-versed on. I think the one thing that sets this state apart, whether we're talking about the Jazz, Utah, BYU, Utah State, is, yeah, you're not really ever going to see that premier guy come through that everybody already knows is going to be like the yeah. guy. But you can find talent and our, our schools here the Jazz have kind of historically been good at, I think, finding an under-the-radar yep, guy yep. and develop, developing them into something spectacular. And then I think especially when you look at Danny Ainge and his history working in the NBA, that's just kind of what he's always done. Do you think he has a specific plan in place, or do you think they're still working on that? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that there's probably multiple scenarios that they're looking at um because when you look at the draft obviously a lot depends on what other people are going to do but i look at danny Ainge and i go back to what was it 2007 when he was trying to get in on the kevin durant sweepstakes and the lottery balls didn't go boston's way and so what does he do he goes out and he finds 
uh, facilitates a trade for Ray Allen for Kevin Garnett. You add those guys with Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, and boom, you've got an NBA title. And uh, frankly, probably should have had two of them. They're up 3-2 on the Lakers in an NBA Finals uh, a couple of years later. So um, Danny Ainge pro- you know, obviously wanted that number one overall pick, wasn't going to get it. I bet there's multiple scenarios in place to try to build this team up, um, whether it's comboing picks. I, I will guarantee you this. Mm-hmm. There is no way the Jazz are taking three first-round picks. Like, either they're trading out, they're trading up, they're comboing them with other trades. They will not bring three first-round rookies into the camp uh, come September. That's just not going to happen. So there's going to be some movement. There's going to be some shenanigans going on, on on draft night or leading up to draft night. It's just a matter of what. And I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. I know people have referenced Luca. I think that's maybe a bit of a pipe dream. But there's going to be somebody out there that's going to try to move a player. There's going to be somebody out there that wants to – uh, trade down. Portland's talking about trying to trade down in the draft. Now they're going to want a sizable superstar to come back to team, uh, team up with Damian Lillard. But the moral of the story is there's a lot of fluctuation that's going to happen here. And I think the Jazz can take advantage of it. And frankly, Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck are the two dudes I want in that room trying to find a way to make it happen. Ideally, from your standpoint, when you look at what the Jazz did this last year, they overachieved. I mean, they yeah. massively, massively overachieved. Almost to a fault, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, looking to this draft, you know, some of the areas that maybe the Jazz fell a little bit short in last year, what do you think Danny Ainge and crew need to focus in on in this in this NBA draft coming up? Well, it's just it's, it's an overall talent increase. I mean, they've just got to be better. Um, you know, look, they, they were – it was funny because when you look at this team and all of a sudden they get off to that great start and you've got Vanderbilt playing well, uh, you've got uh, obviously a healthy Mike Conley at that point, um, you got the old man doing his thing, um, and, and so you've got so many players that were starting to key to, you know, come together, and then at trade deadline, Danny's like, all right, let's go get some more assets. And Conley's gone, and Vanderbilt's gone, and, and so you, you kind of dismember that team a little bit in hopes of acquiring more assets. And and they did bottom out a little bit and ended up settling in at that ninth pick. But overall, it's just got to be an increase of talent. Larry Markkinen is going to be really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Walker Kessler is going to be really good. Um, I like Colin Sexton, obviously. But other than that, you need another centerpiece or two to really build around. And I think that's the priority of this offseason because, I mean, we could sit there and nitpick on the point guard position or do this. It's just overall talent level has just got to be better. It's just got to it's got to improve, and and that's, I think, the a number one priority of this team. Well, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow and see what ends up happening and how they make that happen. Obviously, follow our good friend Ben Anderson for the all best. the latest updates. Yep. He's really on it, uh, and all that can be found either here on air or, of course, on KSL.com or KSLSports.com. Excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, there's one other topic I feel like we should talk about. Obviously, when you cover sports, you get into sports heroes. And I don't think there is a more ultimate sports hero than Jim Brown. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away yesterday at 87. He is in the Hall of Fame for college NFL and lacrosse, and he's the yes. only athlete. Yes, I forgot about that lacrosse. To ever, You're right. To ever be in all three Hall of Fames, uh, so pretty impressive. But I think what makes him even more impressive was the work that he did off the field. Um, 
the the dedication to making our communities better and finding things to do. I looking him up, he created a uh, charity called Food First that sent food to Marshall County, Mississippi, which is the poorest county in the country. Uh, he also started a program called A Mayor I Can, uh, which focused on high-risk and at-risk kids at underdeserved schools and detention centers. I know sometimes it's really easy for us to get super focused in on, you know, what these guys do on yeah. the field. Uh, but I think it's more important, you know, in these types of situations to look at, you know, who this person was as a person. And I don't think there's anybody better than Jim Brown. And I might add Jim Brown, the actor. Yes. If you're a sports broadcaster. Yes. Um, you know, honestly, um, have you, uh, you ever watch? And I know, look, it's too old for me and I'm way older than you are. <laughs> um, but uh, the Dirty Dozen, you ever watch old war movie with Jim okay. Brown in it? It is old and it is awesome. Great old war movie with Jim Brown in a bunch of movies, as you mentioned. Activist does, has done a tremendous amount of good uh, in the community and was a guy that you know. It, I don't know if there's been an athlete that people like. I didn't watch him play live. I'm too young for it. My mm-hmm. dad maybe, um, but uh, I saw Barack Obama send out a tweet that he goes, "I didn't watch him play. You know, I was too young for him." There's a lot of us out there that have never that never watched Jim Brown play live, but yet still hold him in the utmost regard as one of the greatest NFL players of all time. And that's really impressive to see. I mean, we're so far away from Michael Jordan that we've got a generation that's like LeBron is way better than Michael Jordan. And then you got, you know, us, you know, that watched him play live. We're like, you guys are nuts. It's Michael. But yet nobody says that about Jim Brown. There's no argument really with Jim Brown. Even Barry Sanders' dad was asked who the greatest running back of all time. He's like, eh, Jim Brown, what are you talking about? I was like, y- you're going to take him over your kid? He's like, yeah, damn right I'm taking him over my kid. He was the best <laughs> running back. Nobody argues really that Jim Brown was the best running back. Maybe you get Walter Payton in the mix, and some will say Barry Sanders, yes, but yes. you're really hard-pressed to find anybody that that uh, that really argues the fact. And I just pulled up his stats yesterday. He, he, he did kind of the Barry Sanders thing where he retired early, only played nine years. But this is like this is in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And he played nine years, seven of those years, he had a thousand yards or more. Um, and this is in the era where he played the regular season was only twelve games long. <laughs> and in his last five years it was fourteen years long. But let me just I'll go through the rushing totals here. First year nine forty two, next year fifteen hundred yards, next year thirteen hundred yards, twelve hundred yards. And 1,400 yards. All of those seasons were just 12-game seasons. Mm. Then he had one where he didn't get 1,000. He had 996, four yards off. And then 1,800 yards in just 14 games. He had another 1,400-yard season and a 1,500-yard season and then shut it down. Dude ran for 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns and decided to retire at the age of 29. And just said, I'm done. Talk about going out on top. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable the kind of career he had. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the dude was MVP of the league his rookie season. And I believe was, like, all pro four or four different times yeah. in his career, something like that uh, is what I, I think I saw. Uh, just an incredible, incredible career. And it, those stats are amazing when yeah. you consider how much more I think the running back was used in that era because you still weren't quite throwing the ball, slinging the ball. Correct. the way that you were so I mean that is a lot of wear and tear on a body to get those 14 
1,400, 1,500 yard seasons year in and year out is pretty incredible. I mean, you uh, you, you add in rushing yards. He had uh, a two th- uh, 2,100 yard season in combined. And you're right, not a lot of screen passes, not a lot of wheel routes back in the day where you're throwing it to your receivers. But, I mean, just really a phenomenal career. Lots of touchdowns. Certainly a Hall of Famer deserves it. And I think it's really, you know, I wish it was under better circumstances that we were talking about him. But I also think it's kind of fun to go back and look at the guys that kind of shaped not just the NFL, but the game of football overall into what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So I this kind of brings an interesting question, though. Who was your sports hero growing Ooh, up? Um, I, uh, I grew up a big-time Denver Broncos fan, and uh, I lived and died with John Elway. So that was my guy growing up. Okay. Not John Elway, the GM. He's ran my team into the ground as a GM. <laughs> but but John Elway, the player. Yeah, I remember, you know, in elementary school watching him play. And, and that's, the, that's the kind of thing. And I guess it could be a larger conversation about transfer portal and, and what, you know, what kids are giving up by not being legacy guys anymore. Um, but the fact is I watched a guy in elementary school, and by the time he retired, I was in college. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's there's Patriot fans out there that I know Brady left and and ended up, you know, his career in Tampa Bay. But still, those those the moment to be able to have a guy for 10, 12, 14 years and and have that being your guy. Like there's going to be Kansas City Chiefs fans that are going to end up, you know, 19, 20 years old, that all they know is Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I love that about sports. And it kind of bums me that we're starting to lose a little bit. There's a little bit more player movement. And I respect it. Look, you know, guys, if they want to go, they should go, transfer portal, whatever. But I also love a guy that stays in a city, stays with a team, and that's it. That's his identity as, as a member of that team in his career forever. And, you know, I love that uh, I love that when it happens. You know, Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. Is the legacy going to – I mean, are 10 years from now, are Packers going to get over it? Probably. I mean, I guess I it's mean, a good question. They- kind of got over Brett Favre, but now Brett Favre's facing a whole bunch of other things yeah, that maybe true. tarnish that legacy. <laughs> I mean, do, do Packer fans, they look at Brett Favre and they're like, yeah, that's still our guy. Do they still love him? Even, like, let's take the whole, you know, controversy out of it. Do you think Packer fans, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, so I would classify myself as a Packers oh, fan, but I'm I'm a weird Packers okay. fan because I really don't like Brett Favre and I really don't like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? Um, I just think they're both jerks, and that kind of matters to me. Uh, even before some, some of the stuff that's gone down, it's just there's just been some things that really kind of turned yeah. me off. Like, they're great football players, but so what? Like, there's a lot of great football players. Like, be a class act, too. And so being a good person matters to you? It matters a whole yeah. heck of a lot to me. I, re- I, I respect the heck out of that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little different, for sure, but yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that kind of stems from... How I approach the job, do the job. It's always, you know, feature stories. What what are you doing for the community? I love highlighting stuff like that because yeah. I think it gets missed uh, a lot. But yeah, I, I think it changes my opinion of how how I look and grade and and well, grade athletes. Well, I, I'll say this: um, I have no idea. I I know there's a lot of us that get caught up. I like I called. Every single one of Jordan Love's touchdown passes mm-hmm. at Utah State, um, and I and and one thing I can assure you is that Jordan Love is a really good person. Yeah, I don't, I cannot vouch one way or another because I think sometimes we get caught up in you know we cover guys and we're around him, we get to know him, and we're like, oh, he's going to be a great pro. 
I don't know what Jordan Love is going to do at the next level. Like when he gets finally gets the job and and it becomes his, I hope he does well because I like Jordan a lot. Um, but I have no idea how that's going to go. Um, I think he I think he's got every tool to be really great, and he would represent that community really well because he really is a genuinely good human being. But as far as the quarterback goes, I don't, I'm not sure what you're in for next year. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting, but I'm cheering for him because I love seeing our local guys yeah. succeed. I love seeing our local guys have great careers. It's it's great great for them, and it's obviously great for our community and, and letting people know that uh, Utah is a great sports yeah. town. Yeah, and uh, look, I hope he goes out there and kills it because I'm with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, wore out his welcome in a big-time way, and I don't – I'm. I kind of hope the whole Jets experience kind of blows up a little bit, a little bit like Brett Favre did. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we will see. On that note, we got to head to a break. On the other side, Lloyd Cole. I think Lloyd's coming down yeah, to hang Lloyd's out with you. Yeah, Lloyd's going to come and hang out with me for a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of a rotation today, which will be fun. Uh, but on the other side, we're going to talk about this top 25 coaches list. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back into the Saturday show on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Uh, we are outside today enjoying some nice weather and barbecue. Uh, we are hosting the KSL Barbecue Cook-Off. There's free music, prizes, and games, as well as the opportunity to come meet and hang out with all of us. Uh, we will be here until 6 p.m. today, so come out to the Triad Center. We would love to see you and shake hands and get to know you. Lloyd got lost, by the way. Got, I, I don't know how he, how he missed us. You here know what? I was actually quite relieved that I found this place as easily as I did because I never know exactly where we're going to be. Uh, so, I mean, last segment, I had Scotty G on. We talked a little bit of the Utah Jazz, uh, as well as the late, great Jim Brown. <laughs> and uh, as we uh, wait for Lloyd to get situated here, uh, he pointed out, as we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do on this show today, that CBS Sports, along with uh, Tom Fernelli, put out a top 25 coaches list. And uh, there's a familiar name that uh, crept into the top 10 in Kyle Whittingham. He came in at number seven. The only Pac-12 coach ranked higher than him is Lincoln Riley at number four. And most of that was based off of his work at Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think it's surprising that Coach Whittingham is a top guy on that list. It, how do you no, feel? we, 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 uh, hi, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm so good. Hi. I'm so good. You know, can I real quick before we get into this? Go for it. Go for I it. I literally saw that pop-up tent right there, and I saw the smoker, and I'm like, well, where is everybody? I literally walked right by this. I said, hi to Stone over here, <laughs> and I kept going. I'm like, where is everybody? I, had a call, I walked literally right by you guys. That's embarrassing. That, it was. I'm not sure it was. You, I'm not sure you, you know what? I don't that, have. To be honest. I, I don't have exactly. No, no one needed the best. to know that. You know what? My sense of direction isn't all that great. So, but hey, you know what? I just got back from uh, my youngest soccer game. Dude had the hat trick. All right. The guys, get, like averages the hat trick right now. Like he is, he's killing it right now. And, and all these kids he? do is, he's like five. No. Four. Oh no, four. he doesn't even know how four. old his son Sorry. is. Sorry, I had to. I had to go to my oldest and be like, he's four years younger. He's four. He's, he's not four. five. He's four. 
He's four. Yeah, so there's like like there's no goalies, but yeah. the thing is he's angling, he's going straight, and that's all you can ask for. You try to get it straight, and if you get off course a little bit, you try to bring it back to the middle a little bit, bam. Three goals. Well, it so sounds, it sounds like we have a future like Messi or Beckham. Hey, in, Cristiano in the Ronaldo. Yes. He's, see, my kid's the Portuguese sensation. He's got that Portuguese blood in his roots. He's like he's good. <laughs> so already at four years old. Already at four. Cristiano, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so to get back on track. Get though. back and on. Get, let's get back on track. So we 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 kind of discussed and this came out early. Uh, was, I think it was like middle of the week. We discussed yeah. it a little bit yesterday, and. And it, I mean, it let it, 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 it let us into another conversation, which we can have eventually, and that's you know what's going to be Kalani Satakis' yeah. uh, expectations going his first year. We see we've seen what Kyle's done mm-hmm. uh, in the Pac-12, and Kyle. I mean, I mean, we, I, had, I had somebody tweet at me and, and point this out. Like he wasn't able, to, he didn't do it when there was NIL and there was yeah. all this stuff. He did it without, and that's I mean, that's pretty impressive. But yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. But um, the fact that. Kyle Whittingham, it was it was interesting because I saw, okay, like I'm thinking, automatically you always look at the scoreboard and you think, mm-hmm. well, Kyle Whittingham, he beat Lincoln Riley twice last season. Yeah. And you think, so how is that? But Kyle Whittingham is also ahead of Franklin with Penn State and Day with Ohio State who both beat Kyle, Kyle. in the Rose Bowl. So I was like, okay, like like it's not like there's they're all out of whack there. The reason like they have Kyle right there is just because, the, and they said they're uh, essentially in there. He said, yeah. I'm not going to move him up because uh, until he does something like get in the playoff, like, yeah. and so, that's why Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's been to the playoff. He's been there. Whether he's, he hasn't done anything, but he's gotten there. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that that, that Kyle's going to take that next step is you know. And the fact that he's – I mean, you look at all that top ten, it's all yeah. blue bloods. That's oh, yeah. blue bloods that's in that top ten. Except, except for Except Utah. for Utah. Utah's <laughs> I, not I, a blue blood. I, I do like what was said under Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he won his second consecutive Pac-12 title with the Utes last season. But this is probably as high as we will see him climb in the rankings without a playoff. Um, what he's done at Utah, though, is one of the most impressive coaching jobs of my lifetime. Not only did he navigate the step up from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, but he's turned Utah into the Pac-12's most consistent program. And then it also shows that last year they had him at number eight. So yeah. he's moved up a spot. He's moved up, and he will keep moving. What Kyle has done with this program is, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. We said on, on hands, Scotty, like his first year, they dang near got to the yeah. uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Had they not lost. Kicker! Had they not lost Kicker! to a an awful Colorado team that was like I think they had lost like twenty seven straight home games or something like that if like I'm it was terrible. Not mistaken, it was a lot. I am pretty sure that that ended up being Colorado's first Pac twelve win. It was that season. It if, was. Yeah. Okay. They had lost My so many. My memory serves me correct. And it was one of those. It was like oh they got this. They got this. You know it was easy. It was it was like one of those times where like probably the <sighs> first year in the Pac twelve Kyle Whittingham was finally not an underdog. And and they and they they blew it and but the fact that you know and then you had the and that was with uh, what's his face at the helm um, Jordan Wynn was it Jordan Wynn or was it the other cat um, Oh actually it was John Hayes because Jordan Hayes, got hurt Hayes yeah it was John Hayes, Hayes. John Hayes because Jordan Wynn all those shoulder injuries John Hayes, they did the fact that he was able to do that the fact that he had to get into the Pac-12 get get things rolling with John Hayes no offense to John Hayes he was a as you call it, a gamer. Yeah. He was. But I would take probably the pig farmer over John Hayes. I, I 
think, yes, I think Bryson's a little more polished than John Hayes is, but I think what made John Hayes work in that situation is that the guys just rallied around him. they did. uh, And they played extra hard for him. So that kind of covered up a little bit of his deficiencies, unfortunately, like we said. It was a kicker issue. Uh, Coleman Peterson, poor guy, misses basically a chip shot. Yeah. Chip shot. I, I think it probably wasn't more than 30 yards. Yeah. And, but uh, but what, Kyle, what Kyle's done has been just so impressive. Crazy. So we go down, okay, you know, and this is one we, we kind of discussed. I think, to be honest with you, you look at this, and lists are, they're funny. I mean, right. it's, it's all, it's an opinion. It's what you think. I mean, Nick Saban, you you could easily, you can argue that he would, I mean, I, I can't, shouldn't even say argue. He's easily probably one of the best coaches. But Kirby Smart has, has kind of taken over a little bit. And Kirby Smart probably very much so deserves, might be, deserved to be number one. Like, he might be the best coach right now. I think in the here and now, he probably is. I I think, I don't know, Alabama has just looked a little off to me the last couple of years, and I kind of wonder if Nick Saban's kind of on on the downward slide. Um, just when you doubt him, you watch I know, out. he's, he's going to come back like and make me right, eat my he's words. He's going to be right there. But, His ears are burning in Whit, Tuscaloosa Whit, right now. Whit, Whit could easily <laughs> be, you know, anywhere from five – to where they're at. Like, yeah. I could see him. He could be over Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you could slide. He's you could interchange those three right there. You could interchange those right there. And I, I know Harbaugh just got to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did the championship game? My, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait a sec. That was right, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, nice. but like, so, he, I mean, really the, what it comes down to is Kyle Whittingham has done an amazing job. And I I know we, we always talk about, okay, it's probably going to be Morgan Skelly, the mixed man, but I'm telling you, you're going to miss Kyle Whittingham. But it's, I mean, he's built this program. Yeah. It's stable. And I would feel comfortable with somebody like, say, a Morgan Skelly to come and, and, and take it off because, I mean, the roots are, have been yeah. planted. Like, it's, it's, it's a firm program, and, and you know, it's, uh, what he's done is, has been amazing. I, I agree. I think some someone like Morgan, I'm assuming it's Morgan. It sounds like it's Morgan. But, I mean, he's been around as a player and a coach for years now as well. I mean, he, he's seen all the ups and downs and what it's taken to build it, understands the brotherhood, the culture. So I feel like that's in good hands. Obviously, when you pass the baton, I think it's always reasonable to expect there's going to be some adjustments. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think probably when that time comes, whenever that time comes, we're going to see a little bit of a dip in Utah, but I think if it is in fact Morgan or I, I don't know, maybe someone else within the program uh, that, that just has kind of a clue, I think that's the key for Utah in this situation is getting someone on board that has a clue as to what this right. is because it's a different thing. It's a different animal. Um, but, you know, I think they'll eventually get it on track and it's probably going to as long as you don't have any foolishness going on, it's going to be business as usual at some point. Uh, I, you did bring up an interesting point that now we get to sit and watch, you know, with Kalani Sataki uh, down at BYU. I did see a list. I'm not sure. By the way, he he is on. So they, I mean, they went all the way to 69 on this. Okay, list. okay. So it so, was that yeah. list. So he was so at like on number this same 48, list, right? Like, like Troy Taylor coming at Kim's in at the last. They they went essentially. They did one through 69. Okay. Um, this and was Troy the list Taylor that I comes in at, at at 69, and you go down a little ways, and you got uh, Kalani coming in at number 41. 
and the first time he's been on this list. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, he's been playing P5 schools through mm-hmm. through this. Like, he has been, like, I, I know it's going to be a transition. I mean, uh, you know, seeing some of Gre- uh, Gregor Bell's comments uh, and, and Hans kind of uh, con- confirm, you know, confirming those feelings. Like, like bowl, being bowl eligible for BYU their first year is, is a win. Yeah, I would a win agree. because it's going to be it's not going to be easy. You're going up against I mean, the the Big 12, that's an offensive they're they're all about offense. And but the thing is what they need to do, what what they, and I think that's what what uh Jay Hill's going to do cuz he's there to, to to bring this defense back. I mean, the defense have take, has taken some steps back. Mm-hmm. There's no no doubt about it. I mean, they've only I think they only had like a couple sacks. Yeah, they, they, they haven't been that they good have a, the last they, couple of years. And the thing is, you never ever had a question about their, their front seven, typically, mm-hmm. until last couple of years. Like, it, they have struggled yeah, to get pressure on the quarterback. They just haven't done it. And I think Jay Hill, with his scheme and everything, he'll, he's going to be able to do that. Um, but I think that I, I, I think they're, if you get bowl eligible, anything after bowl eligible, anything better than that, you're, you're partying. Yeah, like it's 1999. Like that's that that's good. It's a huge win. It's a, I mean that would be an absolute monstrous win for Utah. I do agree with you. Where the Big Twelve is kind of this high-powered offensive league. You almost look it, at it like the Pac-12 because the it, Pac-12 is typically more offense. A little more offense. Utah is what brought the defense outside mm-hmm. of back in the day when they had the Desert Swarm. Well, and I mean Stanford for a minute was good on defense yeah but too, that's that's but. kind of what they they needed to be because they weren't going to get all the the, 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 the best athletes offense. they needed yeah. to be a physical team exactly and win in the trenches and i think i think kalani sataki jay hill i think they're taking a page out of that playbook well you know what maybe we're not going to be quite the high-powered offensive team at least not to start Right. But what if we go in and just kind of muddy up the waters right. ugly up the game make people really work for it you know, we're probably going to lose some close games, but we're also probably going to squeak out some close games and beat some teams that probably we're not expecting to lose to us. Right, right. You know, Jay Hill is going to find out. He is going to, you know, you're not going to – it's going to be much more uh, – you're going to see much more pressure, uh, blitzes and stuff like that. But he's also going to be smart about it. But you will see them find a way to put pressure. I have no doubt about it. Jay Hill, that's what he does. He will find a way. To, to put pressure on those on those Big Twelve offenses, you know whether he's going to win all of those battles all the time, he's he's not going to. It's just not going to happen. But you need to see that next step. You need mm-hmm. to see some improvement and and you know and getting better and and that's where you know just kind of that being bowl eligible. That's 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 going to be a win. Yeah, that that's I think a huge goal to circle. Uh, I I know that people always want to go out and and shock the world and and some of that kind of stuff but take joy in the baby steps I mean like really truly as someone that's kind of sat and watched one program already go through this process when you kind of step back and look at it it's it's incredible to go back and be like wow like okay I can see each step it took to get there and yes Kyle Whittingham deserves to be where he is on this list I think at some point, you know, we could be saying the same thing about BYU and Kalani Satake. Uh, I think for the most part, the pieces are kind of there to have it happen. He has the blueprint. Obviously, we kind of touched on 
there's some different circumstances to work around now that mm. Utah did not have to work around. Uh, I, I mean, the honor code is what the honor code is. Utah or BYU is going to have to figure out their pitch with that. But once they figure that out and figure out the guys that you know are okay with right. that, the Jamal Williams of the world, you know that that's not going to be an issue. I think for the long haul. And then of course you have to look at. NIL and how that's changing right. and shaping things as well. What do you say uh, on the other side? What do you say? Because we, we kind of talked about, you know, a little bit about Kalani and going into the Big 12. What do we say we next we say, I mean, we put we said six games of success. What do you say we talk about, like, how long his lease should be? Like, I mean, when does the pressure, like, say, let's okay. just, I mean, say, I mean, it's not going to, he's not going to be winning, you know, a, a ton in the first, the first year. When does that need to start turning? Like much like Kyle Whittingham, mm-hmm. I think Kyle Whittingham watching, seeing, I think, you know, seeing what he was able to do and how he was able to build it, mm-hmm. I think it show gives BYU a good idea oh, yeah. of what that because Kyle Whittingham, the the pressure was if he if he went five and seven again, mm-hmm. if he because he had two straight seasons with that, if he did that again, he was probably going to be gone. And that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, like he was probably despite him having that nine win season. If he had three straight like that, he was probably going to be gone. They're yeah. probably the pressure was already mounting. You had the fire wit, you know, hashtags. Crowd. Yeah. yeah, the <laughs> the uh, people creating that, putting that in their name uh, for for on Twitter. Like, oh, man. you know, it was what and a it time. was like, yeah. So I think maybe we talk. Let's. What do you say? We talk about where that needs to be for Kalani. I yeah, I agree. I like that. Uh, yes, we have to hop out to a break now. You are listening to the Saturday Show. On- By the way, get out here. At noon. It yes. opens up till noon. I'm looking at bounce houses. I know my kids are going to be coming out here, by the way. Uh, Seeing the bounce houses, bounce I'm houses. like, I'm going to have to send this picture over to them because I'm telling you, you got the kids out on a, on a Saturday, like, yeah, come, come out, out and check it out. Come smell the wonderful aromas of smoked meat. Is there anything better than that? <laughs> Is there anything more sports than smoked meat? Like, it's unbelievable. That's it's basically what tailgating. Exactly. Basically this is tailgating, tailgating right here. Uh, yes, come come and hang out with us at the Triad Center. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. We are outside the Triad Center, kind of on the north side of the Delta Center. You're listening to the Saturday show, Michelle Bodkin and Lloyd Cole. Instead of Jake Hatch. Fortunate enough to be a part of this. Let, uh, thank you so much for letting me come hang out. I we haven't love done it. it since we haven't done it since the the Rose Bowl. You know we what? Hung out I, since I then, have we? No. Well, no, 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 no. We actually did the did we, the, we did the All Star Weekend because Jake oh, Hatch, we did. Jake right. Hatch was too good to do that you know too. What? He's always slapping. <laughs> He's always slacking. Especially, you know what? I, I've learned that Jake Hatch actually times things out. Like when it's like the big events. And he's like, out of here. Gets out of here. Out of here. The All Star Weekend. He's gone. You know, this big barbecue event. Gone. gone. Be out of here. So that's okay. I get to hang out okay. with you instead. You know so what? it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll you know what? It. This is the best weather we've had since we since we've been hanging out and doing some radio shows. Truth is, Jake Hatch is probably one of the hardest working people. He is. Love Jake. Like, love Jake. Dude, love working with Jake. Grinds like no other. Uh, so yeah, we're out here. By the way, at this uh, the uh, the first KSL barbecue annual? competition. I was going to say annual, but it's not annual. No, inaugural. not yet. Inaugural. That's we, the word. The funny thing That's is, the we word. Were, we were joking. We were because we had these meetings. We're like, 
somebody wanted to call it the first annual. We're like, no, it can't be the annual. This is his first one. Yeah. And so the inaugural KSL Barbecue Cook-Off uh, presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, by the way, it's going to be open starting at noon to the public, noon to 6. They're, they're cooking, you know, smoking up all these meats, this contest. You're going to be smelling the uh, all the smoked meat, the wonderful aromas of this. Uh, and by the way, for the kids, if you want to bring the kids out, because, you know, obviously you ain't, you're not going to be cooking or anything like that. Um, but they've got face painters. They've got inflatables. Yeah. Things, bounce houses. I, I, I tell you, the first thing my kids are going to come to is the bounce houses. They're going to go right for oh, that. So uh, games, prizes, fat boy ice creams. I'm. We're looking at it right here. It is 74 degrees, and there is nothing better than a fat boy ice cream right now. So, no. so come out, get some of that. Uh, you got, uh, obviously, all the stations out here uh, representing KSL TV, KSL News Radio, FM 100, uh, The Arrow. I mean, everybody's out here. So come out and check it out. Yeah, it's it's a great time out here. We're we're kind of starting to get into the thick of it. So definitely come out and join us. Come say hi. Come say what's up. Uh the Saturday show is kind of sort of getting extended a little bit. Uh, I, I will be off air by noon, but I believe you get. But we're still going to make you hang out. Alex Curie and uh, <laughs> Scott Mitchell. And, yes, I, I might make an appearance again if they want me to. So <laughs> We're not just going to let you leave. Like I, I'm, you're, you're committed, Michelle. You're committed, committed to the whole day. We're not letting you leave. Uh, my dog might uh, have something to say about that. But, like. But I'll uh, I'll hang out for a while. I had uh, so we get my, my my dog since since my my dog uh, so we had used to have two, two yep. dogs by the way. We do. And by the way, we are going to get to this uh, Kalani Sataki stuff. Uh, so we, I, I had two boxers lost his friend Aww. like last I think it was last fall. No, no, it's been a, it's been a minute, but he hasn't been the same ever yeah. since. Like he gets extremely anxious. So we got these these dog treats that are like like. Are they like catnip H- for dogs? No, no it's the they, they relax them. It's the it is uh, like catnip for dogs. It, it's like these. It's like almost these CBD, like the relaxes them type treats oh, for dogs. Oh, I think my little guy needs that. I'm, I'll I'll send you a picture of it okay. because it rela- like he just chills, like when so when we leave because he's a little bit antsy then. Yeah, he just chills, relaxes. Oh yeah, eats like, some Cheetos. I'm just kidding. Well, I'll, I'm just kidding. Why not? Why not? Dallin got it. He got it. <laughs> Eat some Cheetos. Come on, CBD. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. Gets really lazy. He gets really lazy. And, and he plays a lot of video games. Oh, okay. 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. talented dog you've got. Bring us back, Michelle. Bring us back. I told you everywhere right now. I got here a little bit late, and I'm all over the place right now. Reel me in. Reel me in. Okay, okay. We're, I'm sorry. We're reeling Reel me in. in. We're reeling in. Yeah, so we started an interesting conversation about kind of, I think, Kyle Whittingham's legacy that he's getting put on some of these top all-time coach coaching lists. Uh, we're seeing Kalani Sataki maybe start entering that conversation, and he has a really big opportunity ahead of him, obviously, with BYU's move <laughs> to the Big 12 this year. Uh, interestingly enough, Kalani... Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill were all a part of Utah's move from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. So, I mean, we're talking about people. We're talking yeah. about people that are kind of familiar with that process. As I've talked about before, there's obviously going to be some differences. BYU's just a different animal. The Big 12 obviously isn't necessarily the same as the Pac-12. And then, of course, we're just in a totally different era with NIL and transfer portals and that 
can either make it easier or harder. We'll kind yeah, of it, we'll kind of find out, you know, how this plays out for, out for exactly. BYU. We're but still figuring out how that works because, you know, you, you, people think like I mean, like I said, I had that guy that mentioned me like, well, they have NIL. You can all these things that you can you know try to keep. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still losing players. Yeah. Like, at players are getting other options, uh, you know, to go elsewhere, and and it's still it's not easy. Like this new landscape of college football. So I, I just everybody's figuring it everybody's out. Still figuring it. B- figuring BYU it out. gets to figure that out with a little extra. With a little extra, exactly. <laughs> so um, and, and to be honest, with you, I think you look at what Kyle was able to do. I think you got to put the same type of time frame on mm-hmm. Kalani. Like, you, okay, here's a question for you though. Do you give him a little extra time because the landscape is so extra at the moment? Hmm. You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Are, are we looking at it as in NIL and all this stuff has made it easier? Or, you know, the transfer portal, has it made it easier? Or has it made it really that much harder? I, I, what, I think it depends on what we the answer know. is. I know. We don't really <laughs> know that answer. And so... I think I think you got to keep. I think you still got to keep around the the Kyle Whittingham time frame. Like if you have if he has you know three straight seasons of say five and seven or whatever, like and you're not getting to a bowl game, and that, that's obviously there. It's not things aren't getting figured out. There's got mm-hmm. you got to see some improvement somewhere. I'm not you know you know it's going to take time to get where Kyle Whittingham is where mm-hmm. he's winning you know two straight Pac-12 championships. I don't think you can ex- start to expect that. I mean, John Wilner had the – he didn't think – he would be – he said he would be shocked if I think it was 20 years. If the, I, I want to say it was 20 years, and I could be wrong on that, but I'm almost positive. John Wilner said, you know, they'd be fortunate to win one within 20 years. Like, it was a, lo- a long time frame. Because you got schools that's in, in, in the Pac-12 that still haven't won it. Hell, there's, right. there's schools that haven't been there. Right. Well, and I mean, when you're talking about like a G5. And they did it under 10 years. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, when you talk about, you know, a G5 and some of the disadvantages that they have compared to some of these. I mean, we're talking about Utah entered a place where there is blue blood talent. USC and UCLA are very well established. Um, I'm not going to put UCLA quite in there. Maybe they, not they, they quite get talent, blue blood. They get some talent maybe there. Maybe not quite blue but blood. They but they have like, their own problems. But as far as... Far as having kind of the funding and and the cachet yeah. and stuff like you know it's it's a, it's a pretty established brand um and, and to ask someone that's coming from such a small situation to come and compete against that is a pretty big deal um i don't know if the big 12 has quite that at the moment i mean they do this year because texas and oklahoma are still sticking around but they are going to be leaving who steps up in in that kind of role that place and that's where i think you know byu is going to have an opportunity where they're not going to have to deal with texas and they're not going to have to deal with oklahoma and there's other programs you still have tcu yeah tcu i mean tcu has some they're familiar with tcu yeah they they went had tcu in the mountain west and they, they know how difficult they are to beat like they're a good program. They just went to the, just went to the championship yep. game. So that's a good team right there. And so I think, um, it's. I still. I think you got to keep it in that three to four. That they if if, it, if they're staying right around there and they're not seeing improvement, then they're gonna have to. That's you got. You have to have put the, about the same leash on 
on on that on this program that you did on on Utah. I think they're 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 setting up. They're going to it very familiar, and and I think that's where it's, the fan, basically fans. You got to be they have to be patient. And trust me, yeah. it's not easy. No, it's being, not. You're talking to a Raiders fan, and I've been <laughs> wishing for a win every year. Is the year they're going to go to the Super Bowl, and it's not going to happen. And it's just not going to happen. But I'm still. Guess what? I'm still patient, and I'm thinking, you know what? This year's the mm. year. 2023, baby. 2023. <laughs> this year is the year. They're going to go all the way. Yeah, well, right. I, I, I've i said it before. I'll say it again. I am very excited to watch this journey with BYU and Kalani and crew. Uh, there, you know what the thing is? and It just I, fascinates me. It's uh, The thing is, we, we, you're, we're all – I mean, Utah fans are so – it's funny. But, I mean – this, the, the Utah BYU thing always picks up, but the thing is, you, how can you not root for Kalani? Kalani was part of your program, like, Kalani and I think helps you get where you are. Know, everybody loves Kalani. They maybe don't want the program to do great, but you got to root for Kalani, which means they got to do well. You want everybody? It's what we want. We want. I want everybody in in the state to do well because it's good for ratings. Yeah. When everybody does what everybody thinks, oh no, you don't. You won't want Utah to do well, or you don't want BYU to do well. No, I want everybody to do well. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Like it's good for business. Yep. Like if we now that they're not in the same, not that now that they're not in the same, you know, conference or whatever, it's, it should be easier. You want them all winning a Pac-12 and a Big 12 and Mountain West and all those. You want them winning those those titles. Oh yeah, give me all the winning. Yeah, give me all the so. winning. So looking forward to it. Okay, well, we have to head to another break. You are listening to the Saturday Show on the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back into the Saturday show. Michelle Bodkin and Lloyd Cole here enjoying a beautiful Saturday afternoon outside. Uh, we are on the north side of the Delta Center in the Triad Center. Uh, right smack in between. In fact, tracks. Yeah. If you get off tracks, if you're coming out here taking tracks uh, to come up here, which, by the way, I highly recommend. Uh, I mean, we're just... North on the other side, side, uh, you will see us. You will see the inflatable jump houses. You'll see all the tents. You'll start smelling the smoked meat. Uh, It's the first inaugural KSL barbecue cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, Events starts. uh, They're kind of starting to get things going right now, but it's open to the public starting at noon. Uh, So here in about 40, 50 minutes, uh, get out here. Face painters, inflatables, games, prizes, fat boys. Uh, you name it, it's all out here. Other sponsors are Sheridan's Home and Patio and Camp Chef. Got all the stations, the entire, entire cluster. You got, uh, you have obviously us, the KSL Sports Zone, KSL TV, KSL News Radio, FM 100, and the Arrow, all out here, part of this big event. Uh, bring out the family, bring out the kids, come enjoy some fat boys, come check out what all. By the way, they have 40 contestants. Yeah, I know, crazy. That are competing. Let's see, the grand prize winner will be announced on Monday on social. Uh, a Kingston seven-piece patio set from Sheridan's Home and Patio. And a Camp Chef woodwind smoker. Uh, value over $2,000. Like That's go. what they're battling for. They're battling for something great. It's more than just pride. Of course, pride's a big part of it. So. Huge part. Uh, obviously, Michelle, we've been talking a lot of college football today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with that 
the top 25 coaches list, you know, Kalani Sataki in the Big 12, what they're going to need to do and, and, you know, and how long that lead should be for him. Uh, but what do you say we talk a little NFL? I love talking football Football in, in general. general, right? I know that it's, is your cup of tea. It's what I know the best. So, yes, let's let's get into some NFL talk. So we had on uh, – we're going to play an interview for you here. And, uh, you know, obviously we have and, – and it's something I want to do. I'm going to check in with uh, – for my show with Hans and Scotty, I want to check in with some, some of these beat writers where some of the locals have gone and talk about how they're going to work in, whether it's, you know, checking in with, with the Bills and Dalton Kincaid, which I think his future is going to oh be gosh, right I'm there. So I'm you know what? I've always had a thing like never root against a root uh, four teams in the AFC. Like it's just something I can't do. But I've got this small little spot in my heart for the Bills, and it's ever since you know, mi- you know, losing in the Super Bowl three straight years. Like there is just this spot there. I'm like I can get behind them. Like I root for them. There's something story. good. They're a great story. And Dalton, be having a local on the team makes it a little bit easier to root for him. Like, it's it's a good story. Absolutely. So, uh, we're looking to do that. But we checked in with, with uh, Minnesota Vikings reporter uh, Alec Lewis with The Athletic. Uh, and he just got done doing a piece on, on Jaron Hall uh, and how he will fit in with, uh, with you know, with Minnesota. Uh, right now, he's obviously the backup. And, you know, they, you know he talked with Aaron Roderick and, and John Beck and to learn a little bit more about this new rookie quarterback. And, and he started off by uh, the guys asked him actually about, you know, because Kyrus Tonga is on the team, former BYU player as well. And Kyrus Tonga has an affinity for horse meat. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know they, that. Yes, fact. He is a big horse, loves horse meat. Huh. And it is something that he is passionate about. And they they started off asking Alec Lewis about if he's learned about uh, Kairos Tonga's affinity for horse meat. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I, I actually have not had a ton of conversations with Kairos. I mean, he came in about midseason. And I, I think I told someone else this, and not, a, not another radio station, but I – like. I believe they signed him off waivers, and I, I mean, I don't know. Through the course of the season, you just kind of get bogged down, and I didn't think much of it. And then a few weeks in, like, he, he was playing considerably. He was impacting games, especially against the run. And I, I said to myself late in the year, I was like, I, I really – I learned his story a little bit, and I'm like, man, I've just missed the boat. So that is his name and his story, and uh, asking about horse meat apparently is something I'm – adding to my list for this upcoming camp and yep. season. He's like, uh, he's like essentially, I remember Bubba Gump, like he will talk about all yeah. the different ways you can prepare horse. <laughs> and then he'll give you his favorite where you mix mayo in with Yeah, it. no, the, the, this, is, this is true. We had him on and he spent a ton of time talking about how horse meat is his favorite meat. And uh, it's a big family event when, they, uh, when the horse hits the coals there at the uh, family barbecue. It's, it's something right. to behold for sure. Horse meat with mayo profile. Um, I'm going to send that idea to my editor when we get off the phone. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm telling you, he is funny. It, he won't. He won't so talk a ton. But, but you get him on the horse talk, and he will not stop until you say, "Hey, dude, uh, let's let's go ahead and stop let's, talking about." I'm, horse I'm meat. enough about Mr. Ed on the old uh, spit grill. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this anymore. 
Um, hey, so let's talk about uh, Jaron Hall. I, you know, when he got sure. drafted, it felt like, obviously, I think he wanted to go higher and was probably a little disappointed that he wasn't drafted earlier. But it does feel like it's a good situation there at Minnesota for him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I'm just going to defer to John Beck, who I know has spent a ton of time around a lot of NFL guys and, and guys transitioning. And I asked him really that question and, like, how, what do you think about the fit? And he said, I don't think Jaron could have asked for a better fit. And he explained the reasons that I had kind of thought about. Some of them I had thought about in my head. But, I mean, Jaron's going to come in and he's going to be working in a quarterback room that's really experienced. They have Kirk Cousins, who's on the final year of his deal, and Kirk has started games consistently for more than a half decade. Their backup is Nick Mullins, who has also started games in the NFL. And then the head coach, Kevin O'Connell, was an NFL quarterback who really made his way into the coaching sphere by developing young quarterbacks. So if you think about Jaron, you think about the transition, he's going to get to absorb information from all these guys in many different capacities. And I think that just the idea of that and knowing that Yes, he's, he's a 25-year-old guy who, who has a lot of ability, but knowing that he doesn't – it's not going to – the onus is not going to be on him to produce from the get-go to, to, to learn the language and perform uh, immediately. I think it's going to really be a positive experience for him. And I think he – just knowing – learning a little bit about what he stands for, I think it's, it's really a perfect fit all around. How much trust is there in Kirk Cousins overall with that organization? This is the question that will be debated in bars tonight and tomorrow night and every week forthcoming in Minnesota. Um, Kirk is very polarizing here, uh, and and I just think this the, the nature of the quarterback who's really really good in the NFL, but maybe not great. It's such an interesting like standing, and I guess to answer your question. The Vikings organization really believes in him for, in the sense that, that they know that he's reliable, that he can produce, he can run the offense. But I also think I say that, but if they believed in him so much, I think they would have extended him to this point for a much longer term. So I still think um, th- there is the idea, and it's an understandable idea, that, like, yes, Kirk is consistent and he's, he plays through injury and he's tough. And he, he can get you to a certain point, but I think there is the question of can he take you over the hump? Similar to the question that existed with a Matt Ryan or so many other guys. So, it, it, again, as you can hear me talk about it, it's like almost agonizing. And it's agonizing for Kirk, I think, too, because he wants to be so good. He's willing to put in as much work to, to create any edge possible. But not winning the Super Bowl, until that happens, I think the questions are just always going to persist. Well, I got to imagine that there's going to be an increased sense of urgency because you spend the number one overall pick on Jordan Addison. And Scotty and I cover the Pac-12, so we've watched a lot of Jordan Addison, and he is spectacular. And you pair him up with Justin Jefferson and put Dalvin Cook behind him. You don't have a lot of leeway to say, hey, it's not my fault. That's a lot of good talent that it's placing a big microscope on you, is it not? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, this offense this year should be a top-10 offense easily. And, I mean, it was pretty solid last year. But I do think, I mean, with an offensive-minded head coach, they're hoping that they can be really versatile from a personnel perspective, that they can be really multiple with the types of plays they run and really balanced. So, yeah, I mean, I, I also think 
with the nature of where their defense is right now um, and the youth and the inexperience on that side, like for them to win games and compete in this division, the offense is going to really have to be exceptional. So a tremendous uh, profile piece on Jaron Hall on The Athletic, and I'm a big fan of The Athletic and everything you guys do there. Um, what was what was it that really jumped out to you when you dug into this and talked to Aaron Roderick and talked to John Beck about Jaron Hall? What what did you learn about him, and what what did you come away with in that profile? Yeah, you know, I could go with a lot of different things, and I loved all the conversations. Like I, I and I don't really have to say this, or probably it's not what you're looking for, but I came away after my conversation with Aaron Rodgers. Like, damn, the people there are fortunate that he is the offensive coordinator there. That <laughs> yeah. that was just that was just my impression, and and maybe people are screaming at me listening to the radio on the other side. I have no idea, but. I think the thing with Jaron um, that just stood out most is, is, is really just his past and how he handled it. Like, I, I mean, just listen to Aaron and John Beck and Dustin Smith even just talk about kind of how he, how he attended B, BYU. Obviously, he went on his mission first. He was really dedicated to, to making it happen at BYU at quarterback, and he was dedicated to the degree that even after he was passed up by Zach Wilson to be the starter for two years in a row, that he stayed committed and then once he finally got got his opportunity that he managed it and was, was kind of celebrated by his teammates the way he was. And so I just think, I don't know, the, 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 the vibe that I got talking to those guys who observed the way Jaron handled that pass um, just really impressed me. And so I think that, that I mean, I don't know, you're always looking, it, it seems to be such a crapshoot, guys transitioning um, from, from, from playing extremely well in college, the NFL, and it's like, what, what are the separators? And I, I just can't help but think a guy who had the maturity to stick with the way Jaron did, uh, well, I, I, it's hard for me not to think that will benefit him in the NFL. If there was a weak spot for Minnesota, what is it? Defense. Um, I was talking about it. I was on the radio here this morning. And, I mean, it, it is – you could go position by position. Cornerbacks, they've got a ton of young talent. But, I mean, other than Byron Murphy Jr., who's, who's younger and has dealt with a little bit of injury, it's just it's a lot of inexperience. I mean, at the linebacker position, they got an older guy in Jordan Hicks and a younger, inexperienced guy in Brian Osamoa. I could go on and on. Uh, defensive front, there are question marks. At safety, there are question marks. Um, but they did hire Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. And I think the thought here is that Brian Flores' ability to teach and his ability to develop players will kind of help the defense come together quicker than, than, uh, than it might appear just on paper. So we shall see. But just a lot of question marks on that side. What were your impressions uh, with, uh, you know, essentially, you know, Kevin Connell is – first-year head coach and taking over that program. And, you know, I know the season may not have ended the way they wanted, but, you know, 13-4 and four in the regular season is not a bad start to an NFL career for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually my first season covering the Vikings. I'd covered Major League Baseball for three years, and so I, and I'd always wanted to transition to the NFL, and I knew it was going to be Kevin O'Connell's first year as the head coach. He was a, he was a guy who, who coached with Sean McVay in L.A., and there was a lot of just from people I talked to, a lot of respect for Kevin. But the season was kind of a whirlwind. They won a ton of close games. They, they I believe, went 10-0 in one-score games. It was kind of <laughs> absurd in that way. But um, Kevin, Kevin's really impressive. I mean, he's really hammered the importance of, of culture and player development. And 
Um, just schematically, offensively, you can tell he's kind of on a different plane. So, um, yeah, it was it was a fascinating first year. I think um, it's just going to be really interesting. They've tried to uh, – some of the teams have, have stripped their roster to, their, to, to the bare bones and, and really tried to kind of tank and rebuild. The Vikings have gone with what they've termed a competitive rebuild where they're trying to kind of rebuild on the fly. And it's just been interesting to watch, and it will be interesting to see how it comes together over these next couple of years for sure. Who is considered the greatest Viking all-time, and why is it John Randall? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on it. Um, I don't. It's, it's fascinating because I'm a young guy, and I'm not from around here, and so it's been cool for me to learn a lot of the history and the reverence that a lot of people have for, for guys like John Randall. I mean, I've I don't know. I've gone down the rabbit hole of watching Randy Moss tape, and I just think it's ridiculous the stuff that he could do. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm young. I, I watched him play with the Patriots, uh, so I didn't get to see like the vintage Vikings days. But I mean, I, I, it's crazy. Like even Fran Tarkenton, I, uh, I I got to speak with a couple months ago. We talked for like an hour, and I I, I don't know. It's that's one of the been that's been one of the coolest things about covering this organization has been the history of it and the the people here and, and I think that's why fans can sometimes fans of this organization can sometimes be so disgruntled is because they don't have a Super Bowl to show for it um, but we shall see how things progress over the next few years but John Randall yeah uh, if, if that's if that's your opinion I'm all in on it you may need to take a double check on this but if I remember right just kind of going back and, and looking at some of what John Randall did I, I think in the 10 years that he played for the Vikings, and again, you'll double check this. I don't think he missed a single yeah. game in the 10 years that really? he played. Not a single game missed. Now, when he went it to sounds, went to yeah. Seattle after. It sounds correct. He went to Seattle after Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. And I know that he dealt with some things there. But when he was with Minnesota, I don't think he missed a single game. That guy was an animal. And I, I, I got a, a few years in the league and had an opportunity yeah. to play. And I, I used to watch that guy, and I tried to emulate and do the things he did, and it's just not possible. You can't one-step club a dude and pick him up off the ground. That doesn't happen. But John Randall did it, and he did it with consistency. That's phenomenal. No, it's. I mean, I, I and it is. It's one of those things again where it's like for me. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm nerdy like this. It's like listen to stories of of that type of thing. I could I could do it all day. It's what makes this job fun. But that it, it is. I don't know. Like I, as I walk around the Vikings facility, you see kind of relics of guys like, like John and and Fran and and Randy and Chris Carter and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's a it's a thing where for me, it's like I just feel grateful to kind of be a, be a part of it. See the next. I mean, watching Justin Jefferson every Sunday is a pretty fortunate uh, treat. Is uh, is Minneapolis? Is it a is it a Vikings town? Is it the 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 NHL team? Like. What what is the thing that ultimately moves the meter the most there? Is it the Twins? It's the Vikings, without question. Okay. I mean, the, the Minnesota Wild and and hockey, and it's. I mean, I think they they call it the state of hockey. So people here love hockey, and it's there's been there was snow on the ground for like nine months straight, so they better love hockey. But um, in general, the Vikings. I mean, I, I, it is. Um, it, it feels like it revolves around the Vikings. I mean, there are pockets of people who love the Timberwolves and, and love the Twins, but I think um, when the Vikings season is on, um, it's kind of all all revolves around that. I guess that's, that's just probably the NFL in general, I would imagine. Yeah. So with that, what is the buzz around this town? 
uh, around that town in terms of next season? What are what are the expectations? Is it Super Bowl or bust? Or and I mean, I know sometimes fans think that every year, but but what are reasonable expectations for next year for this team? Yeah, you know, I think the reality is, I think if they make the playoffs this upcoming year, people will view it as a success. And I say that because they've just been so constrained via their salary cap for a couple few years on end, and they finally try to kind of rid themselves of some of the some of the really I mean they, they've kind of used the credit card and they're finally paying it off and so I think they're trying to kind of this will be the year they, they, they kind of take a hard reset and then be able to flip the cap over and have some room to, to spend money the next couple of years so I think if the team competes in FC North I think people will be will be mildly happy but I think over I mean I say that but I know overall until a team in this town win the championship, which I don't believe has happened since 1991, and I believe it's the biggest metropolitan area where that's the, the situation. Until that happens, I don't think people will be totally satisfied. So um, I say if they compete for the NFC North and make the playoffs, people will be okay with it, mostly just because of I think the, the, the people who understand the Viking situation will realize that they were kind of up against it to be able to build the most optimal roster. Mm. There you go. That was Alec Lewis, Minnesota Vikings reporter for the the Athletic, uh, talking all things Vikings. Jaron Hall, uh, his upcoming rookie year with the Vikings, and to be honest with you, I think he got one. I don't think uh, like he's right there of being the starter. Like I don't think. Uh, and why am I going blank now? I'm going blank on the dang starter. Kirk Cousins. No. Kirk Cousins. It, it is, is still, yes, it is Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. I'm like, okay. dang, where am I going blank? Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's so hot and cold. You like, you never know. Like, like I think there's going to be an opportunity for Jaron Hall, and you know what? That that team is built to be to be successful. I mean, they had a great year last year, like a really good year, and it's right. So, you know, I think it's a good spot for for him. It's it's somebody that's towards the end of their career with Kirk Cousins, and you know, it's. It's a good opportunity for Jaron Hall. I agree. Jar- to me, Jaron wasn't a guy I I don't believe that should have been taken, like, number one and expected to carry a team right off the bat. He needed to go somewhere where there's a vet in place that can kind of allow him to get his feet under him, let the game slow down for him at that level, uh, maybe get a little experience in because, you know, injuries happen, that sort of thing. Um and, and I think he found the perfect spot. And, and it seems like Kirk Cousins understands the situation. Um, doesn't sound like, you know, he's going to be a jerk about it and, like, withhold information or make Jaron's life hard. So I, I think that's a great situation for him. I think that's, you know, that's about all you can ask for right. uh, when, when you're a guy like Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, like, he was – it started off like he was going, you know, I was like, okay, this guy I think could be a really, you know, an NFL quarterback. And then he kind of, you know, the health was, was yeah. a question, you know, he couldn't stay healthy and it was kind of not as bad as like Taysom Hill, which by the way, Taysom Hill fa- found, he stayed that, healthy. Who knew that he would eventually I know, just find health. Enough, yeah. To, the amount to of have a problems, career. exactly. The happy amount of problems him. that he had so uh, at BYU health wise was it's like okay, there's no way this guy's gonna survive in the NFL, and and all, the guy has took, found it. All it a took little was luck. a position. I know a position change. Yep. So, uh, by the way, we are. If you're hearing that music, we're here at the uh, the first KSL barbecue cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. 
Uh, you're going to want to get out here. I'm already starting to see some kids playing on the jump houses, checking things out. Uh, they're out. You're going to have face painters, inflatables, games, prizes. Get them fat boy ice creams in you. Uh, come out. Great festivities out here. Coming up next on the other side, we're going to, we're going to, you know what? Michelle wants to stay football, so we're going to stay football. Unrivaled had a chance to have a conversation with, uh, with uh, college football writer Pete Futek. Uh, we'll, th- we'll uh, hear from him next. You're listening to uh, the Saturday show here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We are back. You are listening to the Saturday show on the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Michelle Bodkin. Sitting next to me, Lloyd Cole. Cole, How's- did she go New Yorker on me? Cole. 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 Get some water. <laughs> Get some water. Get some water in me. Cole. Lloyd Cole. (laughs) Like, you know, Lloyd Cole in the commotions. Like, get a lump of coal in your stocking, but spelled different. Kind of like John Coffey, only spelled different. You don't know where that's from, do you? No, I don't. Are you a movie buff? I'm not a movie buff. The Green Mile? No. Never saw The Green Mile? No. My name is John Coffey. Like to drink, only spelled different. (laughs) Okay. All right, okay, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, no, that one went right over my head. Ugh. Well, I'm told we were going to play Pete Futek, but I guess we're not going to because I, I, I'm understanding. Because Alex and Scott are going to be taking over, and they kind of wanted to play it. So, you know what? We will not play it. You know, I, that's I'm, okay. not, I'm not here to fight. I'm no, here to that's keep okay. the peace. So it's totally fine. They that's can okay. Ha- they can have the segment. They can have it. They can have the segment. It's okay. We'll just talk about something else. We'll talk about something else. Uh, so real quick, we're uh, – Obviously, it's uh, 135 or 1135, not 135, 1135. Uh, things are going to be opening up to the public coming up at noon, noon to six. Uh, get out here. You got, like I said, face painters, inflatables, games, prizes, like you name it. They are uh, having a good time out here. The, like this is, this is, it's like the summer is right here. It's for kids. Come out here and bring yeah. the kids. Yeah. Right. Great, great time. Great time. Fun, fun family event. And. You can hang out with us. We're going to be around for Come a while. Come get the kids all hopped up on ice cream, free and ice we cream. We have a bounce house to take care of that. And the bounce house, well, <laughs> they can use all that energy. Eat the ice cream, hop on the bounce house, burn all that sugar out of them, and then go home. And they'll take a nap probably. Right. They'll probably sleep on the way. Yeah. So it's Beautiful. Uh, by the way, uh, obviously presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Other sponsors are Sheridan's Home and Patio. And Camp Chef, all the stations, the entire cluster is out here uh, for the festivities. So get out here, bring the family, bring the kids. Like I said, get the faces painted. My kids are on their way out here, like, right now. So they're coming to check out. I'm going to burn up all the energy. I'm giving them all the fat boys they can eat. And then I'm going to wear out, wear them out, and then they're going to sleep all day. And I'm going to enjoy some peace and quiet at my house. It, that sounds like a brilliant plan. That's what I'm what doing. I'm like. serious. That's what I'm doing. So get out here. Hey, so we're going to actually change up. We're going to do a – going to change it up. We're going to actually talk a little NBA. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Michelle. Okay. Because obviously – and it's been a conversation uh, all week long. Uh, John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies yeah. superstar, NBA superstar, a man that is like the face of the NBA in a little bit of hot water. Obviously, he had the eight-game suspension during the season for – you know, the gun at the club that was seen. And granted, you know what? The, the big point everybody's trying to make on this is, you know, yeah, J.J. Redick talking, hey, the guy hasn't broken any laws, so why does everybody want to come down hard on him? And it's like, okay, I get that. But he just got done getting in trouble, and now 
he's in trouble again because his friend, a guy that is supposed to be, you know, his pal, his childhood friend or whatever, was videotaping on Instagram another video, and he was caught with another gun in his hand. And it was a quick – so have you seen the video? I have not seen the video, but so, I've heard about this. So it was – they were on there. They had some music. You know, they were in the car bumping around. And, and it's just a quick – in fact, it, you see him, and then the, the, the camera quickly goes away from him. And you're like – but, like, people were able to obviously – technology, you are able to see that yeah. he was holding on, and he didn't deny it. He was like, I'm sorry. My bad. You know, I, I'm learning. You know, I'm I'm still dealing with some stuff, pretty much. And and the thing is now, like the the question is, what should Commissioner Adam Silver do? Like there, is, I mean, this could go. He's served an eight game suspension during the same during the season. So what's the next step? You could tell Adam Silver was not happy. He was very pointed with his words. He was like, he's like, I, I'm expecting the worst. I'm expecting the worst here because. You know, we've already been over this. Yeah. So what do you think? I've heard anywhere from we've had two guests on that have said he should be he should be suspended for the season. But they don't think Adam Silver will because Adam Silver is a little bit soft when it comes to the players. No matter what he's done for the league, he's done amazing things for the owners, for, for building this league and making it better. But this is an area where he struggles a little bit. So the question is, what's going to happen? Yeah, I, you know, it's a great question. I, I certainly am a person that's all about second chances. It sounds like he's maybe had more than like a second chance. So I, right. It's like, where do you draw the line? Right. On like, like eventually, right. you know, you got one. You got to start putting better people around you. You got this is a That's friend, a and thing. you need us. This is something that needs to be done because this is this is by the way, and I can't. I'm going blank on his name, and I'll have to look it up. But this is the same friend that got into it with Pacers, uh, oh. on the Pacers. They're at, at Indiana, and they had there was a confrontation with the Pacers side of things, and he was involved in it. And so there comes a point. What if you owe him something, whatever it is, cut him a check, and you need yeah. a, you need to say okay. I appreciate everything you did for me when I was younger. Whatever. When we were back in the day, whether it's him taking a fall for him and something else, and who knows what the heck it is. Like, what has built this friendship? You don't know what it is. Right. But it's like you got to say, hey, I, I can't have you because it's too big. There's He's already lost like 30-plus million dollars because of Ooh. this. Like, that's a lot of money. I mean, they, he has a lot of money now, but he's losing money, and it's because of – and it's not his just his friend, by the way. He's making bad decisions. Yeah. So at some point, you gotta cut out the bad friends, and you gotta start making better decisions. Uh, that is one thing about I think this business, and it doesn't matter what level of it you're on, whether you're the star athlete, a coach, an administrator, one of us that's a personality. You have to be conscious at all times right. as to who who you're hanging around. And what you're posting, doing, and presenting to people, like because there just are eyeballs on you. I know I absolutely. I know I've weeded friends out since I got this KSL job, and not that like the situations have been anywhere near what this job Morant thing is, but who you hang out with and what they do, regardless of whether you're doing it with them, says a whole heck of a lot about you. Right. Um. And there's just you know there was just some stuff that consistently would 
go on around me that I'm like, I'm not about this and I don't do this and you got to go. Um, and, and it sounds like John Morant is kind of in that place. And I get it's hard. It's hard when you like someone, you perhaps, you know, see the good in them and maybe feel like, you know, if, if I help you out, hang, if you hang out with me, if I help you out, then like maybe you'll find your way too. But it's just, it's such a risk to take. And it sounds like at least partially it's costing him. Uh, so, you know, when, when do you say when, when do you have the maturity to say, I cannot do this anymore. This is bad for my career. Um, I'm making bad choices because of it. Now, now, I mean, now you're hitting a point where, you know, he had his apology and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you, right. you, you said pretty much the same thing. And, and, and Scotty made this point the other day on our show on hands and Scotty. He says, he said, it, 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 you read the statement, and it felt like, I mean, you've seen this new AI technology that's uh -huh. just spitting, spitting out. Say, hey, give me an apology for carrying a gun or whatever or something like that. Yeah. It, it almost reads like someone wrote there is spec There actually is speculation that AI actually, they, 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 this was actually driven by AI, I like mean, the, the apology. Because you read it, and it's like, man. One, it's either it's either a PR firm. You already know it's a PR firm. Oh, it doesn't yeah. read. There's no sincerity with it. Like it's, it's kind of like there needs to be. Now you said your sorries a couple times, and it's the same type of sorry you said the first time. And the truth is, I would be fine with. And I'm, I'm all about second chances too. Right. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over, like you have a chance that not a lot of people get. Right. You. This is. I mean, it is. This is a blessing. This is something that you should. I mean, hold in high regard. Like, this is something, this is a big deal. Not everybody gets to do this. Yeah. Not everybody gets to make all this money. Right. And and Charles Barkley said, God, I should, we should play those comments. I don't know if you, uh, well, Charles Barkley talked about, um, and maybe we'll play those. I might have, we're going to do, you know what? Shiloh, we're going to do a little programming on the air. Little programming on the air. If you go to my, uh, the Hans and Scotty button bar, I want to say the, third row from the bottom you might you'll probably see charles barkley comments about uh john morant producing on the fly because these comments Spot charles on. barkley doesn't care well, like he just charles is gonna Barkley's say he's been there done that let me know if you find those but yeah charles barkley it, it's it's funny hearing charles barkley now because charles barkley mr i'm not a role model yeah um he had some and by the way and these comments are about uh, Charles Barkley was also calling out J.J. Reddick because J.J. Reddick went hard on first take and was talking about how, you know, why are we get doing this to a, a, you know, go? I mean, he didn't break the law. Why are we throwing this guy now, just throwing the hammer down on this guy? He didn't break the law. And it's like, okay, fine. He didn't break the law. There's but, expectations. But though. there's also, he is There's the face of a franchise. Behavior. He is the face. No matter if you don't want to be a role model, he is kind of a role model, and kids look up to him. So here's Charles Barkley talking about JJ, uh, you know JJ Reddick standing up for him and John Morant. Well, first of all, I, I gotta say something, man. We got some idiots, some fools, some jackasses on television that really just piss me off. Talking about Josh should make a stand saying he didn't break any laws, he didn't do anything wrong. We're in a state where you can carry your gun. Those guys are just, they just freaking idiots. And I only say freaking because y'all won't let me say what I want to say. It's we just don't pay for it. It, it. it pisses me off when I hear guys say that, yo, man, when you're making $100 million a year to play sports, your life changes. 
there are certain rules and regulations you have to live by, plain and simple. You can't do stupid stuff. That's the trade-off. Now, if you want to do all that stuff and give all that money back, more power to you. You can make that stance. You know what? I want to do what I want to do. I want to flash my gun and make videos and do things. Okay, that's fine. But you can't make money on the NBA doing this stuff. I I just hope that he grows up and realizes, like, yo, man, first of all, you're not a thug. You're not a criminal. You're not a crook. You're a guy making $100 million a year to dribble a stupid. 200. 200 million to dribble a stupid basketball. And it, you hit the lottery. We all hit the lottery to do something. There's people out there work nine to five, eight and nine hours a week, gonna make $25,000 a year. They will kill to be in our situation. And, you know, Kenny's right. At some point, it's not your friends. Bill Parcells used to always say, and I love it. He says, yo, man, you're just an unlucky dude. Bad stuff happens around you all the time. You're just an unlucky dude. No, 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 man. You got to look in the mirror and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. And it's it's disappointing because the kid's a great player. But to be like, to be a fool already, then be a bigger fool a couple months later. And this is like your fifth or sixth gun thing. And like I say, hey, I'm a guy. I'm a gun guy. But I don't understand why you're flashing it. My bodyguard teaches me, man, if you touch your gun, you better shoot somebody. It ain't for everybody to know you got. And he riding around with, I guess he think he would, Anquan Fuqua and Steven Spielberg. You got your friend. Oh, that's Charles Barkley, man. I, that guy. Give me more Charles. That guy was just honest, straight honesty. And you know what? If you don't like his NBA breakdown, because great, his, his NBA breakdown's not always, he's not always the most accurate on stuff like that. But the guy is honest about everything he says. And he's right. Like, yeah, I, I don't I be a fool. I didn't find anything I disagreed with in, in what he said. No, like, don't be a fool. Like, you have been given this opportunity. And not a lot of people, I mean, he was a little inaccurate on the 9 to 5 and 89 hours a week. I mean that doesn't exactly that's eighty hours a week, Charles, but that's okay. I don't I don't he's not on there for math. <laughs> but I get the point. You know what? Guess what? Dude John's gotta be smarter. Like yeah. and, and I'm telling you, it should I think it'll be personally, uh we we were talking about an over under on on Hans and Scotty, like and Hans put it at like forty one and a half. And I would take the under on that only because I think it's gonna be forty one. I think it should and it should be a half season. If you win eight games already, now you gotta throw the hammer of Thor, Adam, and you've got to go. I think you got to go half a season. Learn a lesson, man. You just got to learn. Yeah, uh, I mean, you so. know, you got your warning. Uh, I, I think there should be a bigger consequence, but alas, we'll we'll see how that yep. all works out. Uh, we got to go take one more break. You are listening to the Saturday Show on ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Every year we do this. Oh man, we're in the slow season. Has it even been the slow season yet? Like, really? I mean, honestly, when you're mid-season, you go, this is, this is tiring. This is a lot. Yeah. But, like, normally this time of year, we usually don't have a lot. This is not – I feel like this is not the case. Maybe it's the anticipation no. of, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the background, mm-hmm. which I always am like, since when have Vance ever been at even caring one second about what a TV deal looks like for their right. <laughs> Like, that's the weirdest scoreboard we've yeah. ever done, right? Yeah. Weirdest scoreboard fan, BYU, Utah fans have ever done is, we got 31.4. We got 31.46, dog. Like, yeah. 
dumbest thing. It. Fans have never done it, and yet here we are. Between yeah, well. that and and the funny little weird thing with the, uh, I mean, you remember when the ba- the, the Pac-12 stickers started coming out? Oh, dude, we were excited oh, about it, and and BYU fans were like, "Oh, what are you doing?" But Pac-12, and now that I've seen Big 12 yep. stickers, I'm like. You guys, you're all yeah. the same people. You know what, what happened? are you talking about? <laughs> Lift you're kit? all the same. Utah Every County. one of you. Utah County, sales of, of Big 12 stickers I are bet. up by 1,000%. And lift, <laughs> lift kits on trucks also yeah, up 1,000%. Oh, it's like, I need to lift the truck, and I need to put the Big 12 sticker lift on it. Lift the truck, and Big 12 like, sticker, you're I'm becoming, good to go. You're becoming the person you promised you weren't <laughs> going to be. <laughs> How dare you? You know what? Nothing's uh, slow. There's not, the, the thing is, we. I mean, you feel like th- there's going to be a point that's going to slow up, but it but now it's everything's just year round. Like it just doesn't, doesn't yeah. stop. And this and this Pac-12 TV thing is is obviously it's it's added it's, it's added on. It's like it just it's keep, it, it's still going, but still going to what? Like we don't have any information. There's nothing new. It's like it's it's like you remember when they were doing the uh, you know they're gonna be they're doing conference expansion and they, we were wondering is Utah gonna get in? Is BYU gonna get in? What's gonna happen? You know before Utah joined and it's like man it was just over. The, Remember, you got every day you were getting trying to get somebody on to talk about conference expansion, and it's like Still the beans. same exact thing except for with a TV deal. Well, you know, I, I mean, we have to have something to I know. about. I'm, I'm I, telling uh, you. To answer your question, like in some ways it's like slowed down a little bit. I guess, but but Utah keeps winning, so I keep well, I showing up well, to true. stuff. You know, there's like, but but honestly, in terms of the 365 day cycle. It used to be pretty cut and dry that as soon as the Jazz were out of the playoffs, we were all kind of done. done. That felt we like some smack talk, by the way. What? Utah keeps winning. Oh, it's oh, oh, weird. I, She's I, like, I it's weird. It. I just keep, I don't I know. It's weird. Utah just I'm keeps like, winning. I'm like, I guess I'll <laughs> book another ticket. <laughs> Is there room in the luggage for another Utah Pac-12 championship? I don't winning. know. Uh, now I'm covering and now I'm softball. softball. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if there's enough room in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the back of the trunk for another trophy. Another win, I guess. I guess I'll cover it. That's fine. Good you know, smack talk, Michelle. BYU's going to have, BYU's gonna have their it. moment. I'm caught. Like, that was not hey, meant to be smack talk. Hey, you're the Utah insider. It's I okay. Hey, we're, trying to, we're trying to figure that out, too. Are we going to have an official holiday on July 1? Now, we can't miss it. We can't actually miss the, we can't actually miss the, uh, you know, the day of. BYU goes into the Big 12 on July 1. There's got to be some declaration, right? There's got to yeah. be some, like, well, plaque mean, put up. For a long time, it was Pac-mas. Happy Pac-mas. Yes. <laughs> What do we call Big Twelve though? I know I don't I don't know because uh, like, can you make something as catchy oh, we will. with that? I'm sure oh, we I'm will. sure someone's oh, going to figure it out. But what's will. it going to be? The commissioner will find something. He'll we come could up make with something. Some, we, and we, it's going to be a shot at, at the Pac-12 somehow. We're, we're all going to be we're all going to be sick of like I mean our promotions people have done such a freaking good job across all of our stations, and this is a massive event. This is a big of an event you can kind of put together in one little place, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it all again for uh, July one. You know the bi- entrance into the pa- into the Big Twelve. I think that we're making a little bit much out of it too, on the actual day of because BYU has already kind of hit the ground running in terms of like you're not going to notice any difference. They've already kind of been like since September of tw- of 2021. Mm-hmm. They were like we're in and that's good. But yeah, the day of we got to like observe an official sports holiday. That's what we need to start doing. Official sports holiday in the state of Utah. You know how every day is like a. Fill in the blank, like Cake you know, day. Spring Water Day. Yeah, yeah. they, they have it for everything, day. and there's ten things on those days. There's no way we can't have a Utah-based, and I'm this is me thinking this on the fly. Utah-based, KSL Sports Zone-based uh, sports holidays. We just have a calendar Remind- this, on this day, kind of a thing. But also, guys, maybe it's a birthday of uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, of Wally Joyner or something like right. that. You know, and you go, hey man, 
Uh, it's Wally Joyner Day. You know, because there'll be those August thirds and discuss, stuff like that. You did. Did you remind me? Did you discuss your football advent calendar on air? No, oh yeah, we did. No, uh, they need traction. This is because the place. I feel like this is you. This is the need place to, to sell it. <laughs> yeah, this is the place to sell it. Because they do. I think they do meat of the month kind of stuff. But the uh, the Christmas advent calendar. Yeah. Is amazing. Fantastic. Open that thing. Chocolate. So he wants to do a chocolate's butt with, but with, with meat. cooked meat. But with meat. With meat. So you open okay, up. Okay. Well, I would probably for prefer the chocolate. No, I know like, you would. I, I get that. I get that. I get. But look, that, I'm just saying, like every <laughs> on the calendar. Now, obviously, you don't cook the prime rib. And then we, stuff it in the little this, hole, and we'll see I'm in three investing. weeks. But if you do this, I'm investing. <laughs> you know that somebody. I think it is brilliant. That's the, funny. I, as I said that, some company in China has already put them right. on shipping <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> it's called the Kuujo, uh <laughs> you know, uh, meat advent calendar. So there you go. My heavens! Oh, Papa Shot's in the house, dude. Gosh, bring the kids down. So now this patio set you can come and enter to win this yes this is this is if you are the general public can come down scan the qr code and you can enter yourself just as uh you know uh average joe uh joe six-pack uh jane rib smoked meat rib lady the smoker from camp chef we're excluded right because i i need a new Uh, ineligible (laughs) ineligible ineligible so So you got an ultimate back backyard barbecue kit because that is a Uh, nice set sheridan seven piece like I mean, that's those are nice. That's an actual dining, outdoor dining yep. table with the full set. And then the Camp Chef, uh, I think it's the – it's one of their smokers. Which one's it called? It's the – it's the – It is the, the wind I'm smoker or something right like now. that. Yep. The uh, Camp Chef with the woodwind smoker. Woodwind. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. So, look, I just, I just confess, too, like I have a nice Traeger. And I think at first when you're really committed to really cooking some barbecue, you do it. And then at some point, I'm like, yeah, this is burgers and dogs. I'm definitely like, I've left, I'm like, I put it on the back burner, literally. Like, I've, I, I've, I'm embarrassed that most of the stuff that's cooked in my Traeger are dogs and, and burgers. You can't go okay. wrong with that. You know what? We, classic. You know what classic. we're uh, actually probably doing tonight? We're doing, we're doing dogs, but we're doing chili cheese dogs. Ah, uh, you know, I'll do the, you know, I've been doing too. chili cheese dogs. The elotes. You know what the elotes are? Those corn cobs, you put them in like at the end of the, you smoke those things, give them a little, give them a little uh, smoky on the grill for a while. You hit them with that butter and mayonnaise mix that they do. This is straight out of Mexico, right? Okay. You hit Where it with Where you learned that. on your mission, right? No, no. I just, I, I, I oh, okay. stole it from, uh, I stole it from the guys who, because there's a uh, taco cart over here during the week uh-huh. over by Gateway. Yeah. The guy does the corn. So you dip it in that butter mayonnaise mix. They hit it with that tahine lime stuff, right? Ooh. And then they put the cotija cheese on it. And then, boom. Oh, that it's no longer phenomenal. Co- it's, not, it's no longer corn. It's become a, a buffet of, uh, of food. So well, the lotes are easy on the grill, too. The Saturday show may be ending, but, yes. but the show must go on. Yes. Are you going to hang out a little more? Yeah, no, I I have a little while before, like I said, I think my dog okay. will explode. So before he, he shreds up your house. <laughs> hey, you know what? Bring him down. Let's go. Uh, yeah, you should have brought him down. I guarantee. He's right here. I, mean, I should have brought my dog. He's a good boy. Yeah, this is this is a place that I would want a dog. Actually, I want dogs running around right here. I do. You got dogs? No, we have a we have like a way allergic kid. Aww. It's like uh, really, it's kind of a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker because yeah. I was like, that's not a thing. Because you got the growing you, up, you I was like, have that's other not a kids thing. that are like, well, I want a dog. I know, and they blame him. They're like, uh, how dare you? So you're the, the odd man out. It's your They're fault like, we don't have a dog. And then when he's out of the family, then we'll get a dog. I'm like, jeez, man. That is Well, okay, what old. A, what, how old is, is he? He's the oldest. So oh, we have okay. never had a dog. That's, so it's going to happen then. Mm. So, because he, he's going to be out of the house in three or four years, yeah. boom. 
Let's get Boom. a dog. Dog time. He's like, can I bring my family over for Christmas? I'm like, no, nah, your room is now the dog room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. It's the dog room. It's only for them to – that's where, uh, only the place that they're allowed to sleep in the house. Oh, man. Okay. Well, with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap it up here for the Saturday show. I'm Michelle Bodkin, and we will talk to you next week.